Hello, hello. Welcome back. We are recording for the Chili Chili Grits Podcast. Podcast. Yes, we're so excited to be here once again. And we're just having a great time, right, Aisha? We are. Yes. Okay, so I have to tell you, before we jump into Mm -hmm. our saying of the day. Yes. um, Jeff and I went to a restaurant that we will not name. Okay. It is north of the city. Uh Uh-huh. And they serve chili, not chili grits, um, shrimp and grits. Yes. Was it good? Oh my God. No, it must not. If you're not going to name it, it must not have been no, good. No, it was rough. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was not representative. The grits were like soup. Oh, no. <laughs> I've never had grits. I don't like liquidy grits. Yeah, it was yeah. a hot mess. So, um, <laughs> and not in a good way. And not in a good way. So, all right, Northeast, we got to get it together. Do with, a little better with, yes. the, with the consistency. Yeah. And so, anybody that have attended this restaurant north of the city, let me know if you had the same experience with the runny um, shrimp and grits. I've never ordered shrimp and grits here. Really? No. Yeah, I've, I've ordered it twice. And each time I've been disappointed, I have to say. <laughs> All right. I digress. But so, be warned of the chili grits locally. Exactly. Well, listen, I am Dr. Aisha Francis. And I am Reverend Monika Bowman. And we're here to talk about fun Uh, uplifting sayings from our Southern heritage and backgrounds. I'm from Tennessee. And I'm from Lake Charles, Louisiana. (laughs) And so today, the saying of the day is, treat them with a long-handled spoon. Yes, a long-handled spoon. All right, I'm saying it right. The last time, Aisha was all on me. Uh, (laughs) I was too proper. Nah, treat them with a (laughs) long-handled spoon. spoon, Just the E-M, just the the M. Got to cut off some of the syllables in order to to say it right. So Okay, so... The spoon, the handle. Yes. What, what, what is the story behind the well, saying? You know, okay. So as far as I have been able to research, and uh, this particular saying is recorded in the USC Digital Folklore Archives um, at, with like a little bit of a uh, an explanation about what it means. And so, um, you know, I grew up with this saying, and this is another one that was often shared in my household when mm-hmm. I was presenting my my, my mom, uh, or not just necessarily with my mom, but anybody in the family with um, a conundrum, you know, uh, it could have been a he said, she said matter, it could have been, you know, um, it's usually about like a personal conflict. So this is the way that the USC Digital For- Folklore Archives explains this particular saying, All right. Which they um, actually take sayings and have uh, first person interviews with folks who understand the sayings. Hmm. And then they it's almost like an oral history project. Interesting. And then they record um, for posterity what the saying means. So um, the the informant was actually someone born and raised in Colorado. So this gets back to one of our conversations oh, yeah. that we had about, yeah. you know, what, what makes is truly something a Southern, a Southern saying. saying. Yes. Um, but she said it's a saying that she used off her life, and she called it a proverb that her grandmother mm. taught her. Now what we have to find out is where was her grandmother from. Mm. Uh, and and her grandmother helped her by giving her these, assist, uh, um, these sayings. And so this is the quote. My grandma used to tell me, Feed them with a long-handled spoon. Mm. When she said this, it was usually in regards to when I would have to fight with someone or if one of my friends really hurt my feelings. And even every now and then in my profession, she will still use it if I don't necessarily like the person I'm working with. 
It means if someone does you wrong, you deal with them, you still are nice to them, but you never have to trust them again and you don't have to let them get close to you. Hmm. My grandma was real big on how people interact with you and how people interact with each other. And she thought that if someone was going to violate you and violate your trust for you to keep going in front of them, um, for you to keep in front of them so that they could never stab you in the back again. Mm. Again, you're still nice to them, but and you deal with them when you have to, but you don't have to trust them again or let them get close to you. Which, I mean, essentially. That's that's it. That's it in that's a nutshell. The, yeah, yeah. That, that is, is it in a nutshell. And I thought it was so cool that this particular informant, like us, you know, went from this is how the saying applied to my formative years mm. and this is how it still applies right. to my professional how, life. It, it stuck. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's stuck. And, and it's it's transferable knowledge. You know, these kind of folk ways are transferable. And to me, they are just as valuable as, you know, the latest um, leadership uh, concept from, you know, HBR or wherever, yeah. you know, there's uh, just some acronyms, uh, yes. Harvard Business Review, very good <laughs> yes, Harvard <laughs> Business Review or whatever source. Uh, some things, at least that I'm drawing from are, are what I feel have come to be common sense. But there are these um, principles that I know in my gut. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's. What I appreciate about the saying that makes it nuanced and complex is, I've said this in another episode, is how these sayings then interact with society and Mm -hmm. your ability to be able to execute on it, right? So, um, you know, I think about the ability to then be able to, underneath it is set a boundary, Mm -hmm. right? And I think about it from the kind of communal theological framework that I grew up with where forgiveness is always preached, mm-hmm. right? It's like you, 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 you forgive, you forgive, you forgive, you know, and then sometimes the definition of what happens after forgiveness is undefined or is defined in a very, um, I, I, maybe gracious way in which you still allow other people or the people that cause you harm yeah. to still be a part of your life and be present um, because that for some people is what grace and love and being faithful and demonstrating your faith look like. Mm-hmm. I've never been one to think that. <laughs> Let's be very clear. That's not my theology. You can theology. cut somebody out real quick. Oh, I can cut. <laughs> and, and I will not speak No, we're not again, doing that. Right? Yeah, that's a wrap. And it's an area of growth for me, I have to say. But, um, you know, in a professional context, you can't just cut somebody there off. You go. Like, you just can't because yeah. um, you just you can't do that. Yeah. You have the world to, is too small. It's too small. And and it's how do you give yourself space and grace for yourself to understand what is a relationship that you are still willing to work on even when it's difficult versus the the wooden spoon, mm-hmm. you know, um, because in our personal lives, we have that liberty, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I choose to want to work on things with my spouse. I choose to want to work on things with my children. Whew, sometimes it's a struggle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but what else can I do? I'm going to work. I'm going to yeah. work it out with my children. Right. But in public spaces where you don't have that type of um, intimacy, mm-hmm. um, sometimes your willingness to want to put in the work isn't there. 
And so in a professional sense, you have to figure out even when things go awry, is this interaction, is this person worth my time to reconcile a relationship or should I always treat this person, this institution from a distance? Does an institution and a person um, in a business context, is there room for growth and evolution in those types of situations? Yes, and I think that is a, it's a, it's an evolving strategic choice in the professional context. And it depends on how much bandwidth you have individually, how, what the risk is uh, of, of distancing yourself from the institution or the individual. You know, mm. what is the institutional risk? Sometimes it could be a personal professional risk. Sometimes there can be an institutional risk to the, uh, to the, the organization that you represent. But I also wanna go back to a couple of related sayings that this brings up. So one is the, the this kind of um, sister saying for this is my my great grandmother would say love them from a distance. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And she would really say that in the way I've seen that used around situations where there had already been a determination made. Listen, um, forgiveness has already been accessed and mm. full reparations is not accessed. So mm. this is a person, we are related to this person or we are deeply connected to them in a familial way. It's not practical for them to go away or a church member. We yeah. are we are going to keep going to this church. Nobody's yes. going to run us out from a church. Yep. Because people do leave churches for these kinds of reasons. All types people of drama. leave all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, There's a thousand there's churches on every corner. Yeah, and they split. They split because all the time. of the inability to Abs- manage conflict. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah, so it has there's high stakes, right? Mm-hmm. I think for trying to find the ties that bind. And there were definitely moments when it's like, look, that's the person you have to love from a distance. Now, I've already told you this. And so if you choose to get close to them, right, if you choose to get close to the fire, when I have mentioned to you before and I've shown you, Mm -hmm. um, so you can choose to follow my example or you can go out there on your own, but just know, you know. I love them from a distance. I, I would suggest that you do the same, but ultimately is your decision. And then this whole piece with a food culture, you know, earlier you and I were talking about, you know, I don't even know some of the, a lot of people don't even cook anymore. So does all of this, you know, a lot of the sayings that are related to food culture, you know, do they even resonate with people? But, you know, just in case the whole idea of treating somebody with a long handled spoon and we would say treat, I rec- recognize that, it's, it's feed. also feed. Yes, it's yes, like that yes. game of telephone. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up saying treat them with a long handled spoon because the analogy had moved from the context of food to how you treat somebody relationally. Yeah. Um, but feed them with the long handled spoon is different. So the way that I was, you know, taught, it was really about how you cook. And so you use a long handled spoon when you're cooking soups or something that's going to pop back, per- perhaps. And so it keeps you, you know, a safe distance from the food. Feeding someone with a long-handled spoon, to me, that's a whole different awkward thing because yeah. the whole process of feeding a child and the kid is an intimate, intimate yeah. exchange. So it, it really does change, I think, a little bit of the perspective and the point. But I just wanted to at least lift up Love Him Like a Distance and this other one that rappers... And, and now I'm going to sound like an old person, like rappers whose names I can't remember <laughs> made famous by using this clip from Bush. But, you know, there is this... Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yes. And I think that's the other piece 
the other perspective that treating with a long handled spoon involves for me, which is you are you are doing that based on lived experience or somebody else's lived experience. It's yes. not for no reason. Yes, yes. You know, and I'm about to sound like an old person right now um, because I think about moments when I was in leadership here in Cambridge and we had all of these explosive moments. I'm pretty sure you remember some of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Cambridge, sometimes you just can't get out of your own way. <laughs> But we had all of these explosive moments, and a lot of them were with the young people, and they would come to our school um, school committee, school board meetings, and um, it was, like, very rigid, you know. And I get it because I was once an organizer, and I understand the methodology to be able yeah. to push an institution. And there's definitely a place for that. Mm-hmm. I'm all about advocacy, lifting up voice. And I'm also about being strategic around how you do it, mm-hmm. right? And so this feed them with a long-handed spoon analogy really ties into that because at some point, the places that you advocate in, you, they're still your neighbor. Yes. You know, they're still, you're still a part of community, right? This is not like going up to Washington, D.C. and putting your demands in, or even better yet, Beacon Hill, where we Mm -hmm. are here in Massachusetts, um, where most of the people there live across the state. You don't have to interact with them, right? Right. But here, when you're advocating at a very local level, you know, really understanding this concept of like, okay, like I I can still advocate for the things that I want to, and I still have to figure out a way to be present with these people because they're my neighbor, right? they're my teacher, um, this is my auntie, this is my cousin, mm-hmm. oh, this person works with my mom, like, right. you know? And so I think that that's the one piece that I see that is not nuanced when we're working in community at the uber local level Mm -hmm. to be able to explain or teach or train our um, ourselves um, as adults, but even young people, how to understand the nuances um, when you're pushing and advocating for something. Yes, I think that's a, a really good point that you bring up. And this is how do we learn to disagree without being disagreeable yeah or just agree to disagree and I do think that there's there is currency in treating with a long-handled spoon for that being an avenue yeah you know yes you can be acknowledge people's presence whether you want to call it cordial or not you know we don't have to put people on permanent mute and we live in this moment of cancel culture and I do think that there are you know, it is possible for a pendulum to swing too much in yeah. in the direction of um, lack of ability to redeem oneself. Yes. And uh, inability to ever sit down at the table together again. Mm-hmm. And perhaps there's a there's space for that. There are things that are egregious um you know, uh, injury, you know, injurious harm that people, you know, might have caused on purpose yes. uh, or unintentionally. And I and I I make space for all of that. And I also think that, you know, we talk sometimes about self-preservation for the greater purpose of self-preservation. I 
respectfully reserve the right to treat folks with a long handle spoon <laughs> <laughs> for my own know. mental health right yes. yeah, yeah yeah and, yeah. and just you know for for again in the context of, of leadership for advancement we can't carry every single institutional relationship forward and yeah. and you know that happens often there's an ebb and a flow to relationships and uh, we have to I think remember that and also understand how to manage in a way that allows us to reconsider and perhaps to go yeah, back and I yeah, think that's yeah. the, that's what I like about this particular you know philosophy way of living um, is you know to love someone from a distance to treat them with a long handled spoon it does at least leave the possibility that that there could be uh, a repair Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. In the many hats that I wear, when you're an elected leader or you are a pastor, whenever you execute that type of um, philosophy or approach, when you have to interact with someone that has crossed the boundary, mm-hmm. it is it's viewed as jarring, right? Because the expectation is your elected leader is supposed to take whatever you throw at them <laughs> and because they signed up for it and they're there to serve, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same way for individuals that are um, pastors or rabbis or Im- imams. Like It's this expectation that you are to be the embodiment of whatever your faith is in human form, despite the fact that you are a human, human. (laughs) you know? And so it's been interesting for me because I've had the privilege to swing back and forth between leadership roles where, you know, in the secular space, you know, I can be like, yeah, I'm not doing that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I do it in the most gracious and respectful way possible. You know, I'm not trying to rip anybody down. Um, but it's been more challenging for me to execute that in the public space mm-hmm. as well as being a pastor. And when I did do it, oh, people couldn't handle it. The pushback. The pushback. Was, yeah. It was just mm-hmm. remarkable. It was like, how dare you? You know, and I think some of that has to do with being a woman, mm-hmm. you know, and being a woman of color mm-hmm. and walking in your authority and your in your voice and being firm in it. Um, but I do see how depending on your context allows you to be able to execute on that. I think so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of variation on the theme. And it is imperative, though, I think, to allow people to have the room to distance themselves from situations, institutions, organizations that are not serving their institutional best interest if they represent one of their personal best interests. I do think that the, the, to the extent that we give special privileges to you know sectors or individuals or something, it's like, well, no matter what they do, you still have to engage with them. That emboldens uh, or provides opportunity for bad actors to be emboldened. And I think that is a that's a dangerous precedent if there Absolutely. if there are any kind of you know again any individual that has a a, a habit or a history of, of injury but still feels it doesn't matter whatever I do I'm going to be protected yeah um you know that that's a that's a dangerous place to be so um you know I can only imagine 
ways that folks are trying to evade and avoid encounters, you know, either at the a very, you know, interpersonal level, whether it's in a household and someone's been violated, you know, how do you protect yourself? How do you love somebody from a distance? How do you treat somebody with a long handled spoon when they're in your household? Yeah. You know, yeah, how do you, that's true. And yeah. you know, the same thing similarly for, for the workplace. Um, it's complicated. It's very complicated. So Anyhow, that's our that's our saying for the day. Yeah. Can I add one more thing to this, Aisha? So it's interesting because I think there's a level of privilege that's wrapped up in this whole conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, The privilege to be able to remove yourself from a situation. Um, You know, people that have means and resources. um, A lot of times, you know, I listen to a lot of thought pieces and podcasts and things like that. And, And in the professional world, a lot of times people say, oh, as soon is I don't want to wake up on sun, well Sunday when I get the Sunday blues mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out you know I'm, I'm leaving or if um, if working isn't a passion then you know you're 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 not really living into your full potential um, and I think sometimes that's the wrong message to send people mm-hmm. I think that what we're talking about with treating with a long handle spoon or wooden spoon um, is a better approach because for those individuals that just do not have the ability to up and leave their jobs, right? right. Um, or people that live in parts of the world where their economies are not as robust True. as a developed nation, you you can't just wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not satisfied in my workplace. Right, <laughs> so I'm out. I'm out, like it's just not realistic. But for those people that have those privileges, Good, good for them, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes the narrative gets set with those individuals and not with everyday folks like us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like true. we're trying to establish ourselves. Um, we are, and, and we're established, but you know, we're not at the place where um, in our, our podcast is syndicated everywhere. <laughs> we're not, keep speaking it yeah, into existence, gonna, right? To call that. those things right. and be not as they are. Right. So yes, I mean, I, I hear all of that. And I think that I'm reading Black Cake right now. I'm finishing up by Charmaine Wilkinson. And you know, it's it's a a story of of Jamaican heritage and lineage, and there are lots of uncomfortable things that the the main character, the the I would say the the eldest protagonist, because there are lots of protagonists, but the eldest protagonist goes through, and and one of the ways that that she and many other protagonists in kind of the Africana literature <clears throat> manage is through interiority, retreating mm. to interiority, right? Yeah. So these things are happening around you. You, you cannot leave because you need to yes. support yourself or because your you you and your culture values familial ties. Yes. And and to be independent of family is literally to be abandoned, right? Yes. And yet there are ways to protect yourself by, um, you know, retreating into into oneself, stealing oneself. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. This is where it's like, you know, I wish, um, you know, having the the input of, of psychiatry and psychology and those yeah, kinds of things, yeah, I think, yeah. has a lot to, to do with this. And, you know, I, I'm not prepared to to go there and, and not train in that way. But I do think we our minds have and and our we have the capacity to adapt in some really incredible ways absolutely even when we are in um 
less than ideal circumstances and situations. Absolutely. And quite frankly, that that is the African-American story. Yes, that's true. (laughs) I mean, like that is our story. Right. And I get that that we have evolved as a people, as experiences. And so we're able to explore different concepts, right, right, of how to exist in the world. But it goes back to the saying, this was like one of those elementary fundamental things to mm-hmm. help people get by in their day-to-day lives. In their relational lives. Right, yeah. when when segregation was still a thing, right. right? And they still figured out a way to evolve and advance as a people. Um, and I think that that aspect is, I, I think that it's lost a little bit sometimes. Like those just basic fundamental skills that were passed down with at least within an African-American context, Mm -hmm. because we came here with nothing and enslaved. Right. (laughs) And some type of way from a psychological perspective, which I am not a psychiatrist as well. um, But from a social perspective, we were able to leverage moments or go within ourselves to preserve our, our mental sanity in a way that then allowed us to pass it down generation to generation to generation. And now you and I are sitting at this desk in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The survivors. Yeah, yeah, having a podcast. And um, that is what we came with, right? We came with the we came with strategies. We came with with um, we did come with our culture, right? We came with seeds and um, material knowledge and how to and a lot of things that, you know, we to the extent that we don't realize they've been passed down, I think it's important to pass it out, to, to point it out. Yes. And then in other ways uh, where we might have lost those folk traditions, I think it is important to reclaim them. And yes. so there's a whole movement of reclamation of folk traditions, folk ways, and even the trades, honestly, you know, we were skilled labor. We were. And so to, to, to divorce us from access to skilled labor and, and paid work in the ways that we built this country materially is, you know, a travesty. And so anyway, now we're off on a whole a whole other <laughs> thing. Which, you know, but, but I it, think it it's all a continuing connects. conversation. It, connects, it does. Right? It, it does all, all connect. It all connects because it goes back to what you said. It goes back to the saying of being able to treat a situation or people with that long wooden spoon. It's about your mental psychological survival when a situation is complex and it makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, yes, and when you have the, the again, the experiential knowledge that the last time this happened, there were some mm-hmm. horrible outcomes. Yes, It's not yes. just because, it is because of a lived experience, you know, the, the the soup popped back and I I was burned. Yeah, you yeah. know. And who the, wants to be the, burned? Who wants to be burned? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. You know, the fire yep. popped and I was singed. I was scorched. I'm trying to protect myself and my loved ones. So, for all of you out there who are looking for, you know, a, a philosophy of life about yep. you know avoidance and protection, treat them with a long handled spoon. Yes, yes. And remember that you we we have the capability even in the toughest circumstances and situations to be victorious, yes. to overcome them. Um, and our this deep-rooted history um, and the sayings that we explore week after week, I, I think it's a testament to that. I do too. What is that saying? They tried to bury us that they didn't realize we were seeds. That's right. Yeah, and we just keep growing. Yeah. That's a wrap. Yeah. Well, thank you for 
taking your time, whether you're on like a treadmill or your commute into work yes. or wherever, however you're listening Thank to you Chili listening. Grits podcast, we are just excited and um, hope you're um, just as excited to explore all of these things. And of course, if you have one, let us know. Yes, keep sending them in. I hope as you, if you've been listening to the prior episodes, you'll see we have been shouting out folks who have made special requests for particular sayings. And so we're all about um, the the communal experience here. Indeed. So until next time, see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.